0: More resources available online at jenniferjackson.com. This is Simply for Women. Yes, it is. And I have Dr. Jessica Peck and her 20-year-old daughter Shelby here with us. She has written a book and it's called Behind Closed Doors, which is a guide to help parents and teens navigate through the toughest situations of life. And I welcome back to the show. We really enjoyed the previous episode and we're glad to have you with us again. Thanks so much for having us, Jennifer. It's so good. I want to, you know, you're a nurse practitioner and you were even the president of the National Association (laughs) of Pediatric Nurse Practitioners. So I know your husband is a rocket scientist, but it sounds to me as if you are quite smart as well. (laughs) But uh, what I appreciate is your practicality. And I want to talk about health. You have four teens and now, you know, one of those is a young adult. Shelby, welcome to the show. Uh, Been married many years, 25 years, and we we just need your help. Help us with the health of, of, our, of our teenagers and how can we be aware of what those issues are facing them and how we can help them. Uh, do you have any advice for us? I do. You know, I think one of the elements of health, because
1: we are spiritual beings, we're body, mind, and spirit. And as a nurse practitioner, I care about all of those. And one of the hot topics right now that everyone is talking about is mental health. It's Gen Z and how there's a Mm -hmm. mental health crisis. And people ask me, is it as bad as people say it is? And I tell them, no, it's worse. It's so difficult to live at the speed of a smartphone and to feel the pressure to be perfect all of the time. And especially just still coming out of the shadows of COVID, where a lot of teens, including Shelby, was a senior during COVID. And I remember her telling me one day, you know, mom, every way that you prepared me for my senior year is out the window. Mm. There's no SAT. There may be no college. There's no prom. There may be no graduation. Just I can't see my friends. I mean, all of these things really change the way that the world looks and makes it feel unsafe. And so I think one of the best things that you can do is just acknowledge that and just validate their feelings and walk through them with it. The number one predictor of resilience is connection, Mm -hmm. meaningful connection to a healthy adult. But, you know, it's been so great to see Shelby, the way that she's transitioned to college and, you know, she's had her share of setbacks and trials and struggles, but I think she's handled it in a great way. And I I know she has some great advice to share too.
0: Yeah. What do you think the the greatest uh, tool is to overcoming uh, negative mental health? Oh,
2: sorry. Um, So I think that just knowing your resources is really important. Um, I think that a lot of kids go to college, including Mm -hmm. myself, and then they discover that they might be a little bit anxious and they might be a little bit depressed and they don't really know what to do with those feelings. Um, So a big method for um, healing in my life through college has just been to join a life group at my local church is have a community where you can go and talk and find people who might have the same struggles as you um, and just kind of see, like, what your peers are going through. Because you're definitely not alone if you're struggling with your headspace in college. um, That is sadly the normal. But also, encouragingly, there's a lot of people who would love to talk to you who have not been there before. And I think that most schools, you know, have a lot of great resources for mental health, especially now as mental health um, crises are becoming so... Uh, much more prevalent so I think just knowing your resources and just being not afraid to ask questions and just to seek help when you need it because we can't do it on our own
0: we can't do it on our own that's for sure well Dr. Peck what about um, helping your teenager with the big things are we even qualified for things such as you know addictions or sexting pornography how do how do we talk to our kids about those those bigger issues or do we need to pass that off To a professional and how do we pass that off to a professional if that's what we need to do
1: that's such a great question jennifer and the answer is two part the first is that yes absolutely every parent needs to have these conversations with their kids and shelby and i had a lot of really tough conversations before she left one of the most memorable that we had was about suicide and what to do is she was feeling that way or mm. another uh, the person was feeling that way, and she did encounter one of her peers that was facing that situation, and I feel like because we had talked about it, she was prepared to act, and sometimes we think, you know, we take a reactive stance and we think, oh, I don't want to talk to our kids about that, it's dark, it's depressing, but we have to intentionally lead conversation in that space That's in a way that's developmentally appropriate. But in a way that positions us as the expert, as their parent, and opens the door to conversation so that they know what to do and they feel empowered to act. Now the second part of that answer is that once you encountered a problem, if you discover or if your team discloses one of those uh, struggles, whether it's sexting or pornography or gender identity confusion or depression or any of those things, then you're right, Jennifer, those things are usually out of your realm and you're going to need some help to handle it. But that's the important thing is to know that there is help and hope available. And so just taking that step and saying, recognizing that some of these events do feel traumatic and that can make us have physical symptoms when we experience psychological trauma and manifest itself through our body. Mm -hmm. So going to whatever help that is that you need, if it's a counselor or your primary care provider or your pastor, just knowing that you need to reach out to help to get the help that you need for those kinds of issues, it's usually going to be more than you can bear alone. But not everybody should know everything, but there are a few people who should know everything and walk alongside with you in that.
0: I think that's so important. But on a daily basis, do you talk to teenagers or the ones in your home Just in little bite sized pieces, you know, over dinner as you drive or do you say, hey, we need to do a sit down and we're going to talk in the living room, you know, at a certain date and time because I want to talk to you actually about a big subject. How do do you do a family meeting? How do you handle that?
1: we do both we do both okay. and all of those things Okay. so you know I think about the instruction that we're given in the Bible and Deuteronomy like to talk about these things as we walk along the road and as we just go about our daily lives there's so many opportunities and I know Shelby and I have found ourselves in situations sometimes where we think whoa wait we're having a really deep intense conversation just right out here in public <laughs> wait a minute mm-hmm. because we're just its so natural to us we'll talk about those things but the more that you talk about those things as they come up even if it feels awkward lean into that awkwardness I mean sometimes I'll have conversations with my kids that's awkward and it's not like they say oh mother Thank you so much for this lovely conversation. You did such a great job, and I enjoyed it. Like, they don't say that. They're like, Mom, no, not again. But that's just where I have to be confident to lead. Now, sometimes it is serious enough that I will call a meeting in the family living room, but most of the time I'd say those interactions are just happening naturally, and I'm looking for space and, and to talk.
0: Well, what can parents do if they talk to their child or their teenager about an issue and they're, just completely at different ends of the spectrum? Do they, you know, say, no, my way is the right way and you need to come to my side? Or how do you navigate that? Well,
1: this is, I think that for the first time in human history, parents are really more replaceable than they've ever been. And so a my way or the highway approach really doesn't work anymore because Mm. if your kids don't like what you say, they can find an online forum where they can just Find an echo chamber, people who agree with them. And if if you cut off their money, they can sell something online and easily have a side hustle. There's just so many ways they're replaceable. But the things that are not replaceable are the influence of that relationship. And so I think listening is really important. Going back to what Shelby and I talked about at the beginning, just listening to hear where they are, what their perspective is. And that's the four-step model that I've used in helping heal my relationship with Shelby and my other kids. Is just listen with your face, L-O-V-E, listen with your face, offer open-ended questions, validate their emotions, and explore next steps together. That's really important.
0: I love that acronym for love. Can you say that one more time? Listen, with your, listen okay. with your face. Listen
1: with your face. So We lead with listening, not lecturing offer open-ended questions, that's O, cultivate a sense of curiosity, and, and instead of leading with lecturing, ask questions, V, validate their emotions, say, I can see this makes you upset, I can see this makes you sad, I see this has you anxious, and then explore E, the next steps together.
0: Oh, that's really good. So we only just have a, a minute or so left, but under the E, the Explore Next Steps, what do you do? What do you, are, there, are there times where you have to say, no, our family is going to go a certain direction, or how do you handle that?
1: Yeah, I think that you know by the time you've built a relationship bridge, then you know, that's where Shelby and I are. She'll respect my input, but know that I have an open mind to listen to what she has to say, and there's sometimes that we can work through that together. Shelby, do you have any last
2: words of advice? Yeah, no, I think just um, it's all about relationships, and so I think you can have the most well-intended conversation um, about these issues, which is so important, but it's really the relationship behind it and the heart posture that's behind it that will make it effective and um, help your team just see that you care for them and you're not telling these things so you want to give them a lecture and you're not telling them these things because you want to get them in trouble, but because you care and you want them to be equipped.
0: That's so important. Well, what about you? Any last words from Dr. Nurse Mama?
1: There is hope for healthy relationships. If Shelby and I can do it, then any, there is hope for any mother-daughter relationship out there. And so we continue to pray that so the Lord will bless and keep those relationships and make his face shine upon them and be gracious to them and give them peace.
0: Oh, yes, yes, we need that. Well, that was Dr. Jessica Peck and her daughter Shelby. You can find her at DrNurseMama.com. That's DrNurseMama.com. And as we're going back to school, her book, Behind Closed Doors, would be a great thing to pick up. I've read it myself, and it will help you just to interact with your teen or even young adult, have those open conversations about the really tough issues that all of us are facing, and I think that will be a great help to you. So go to DrNurseMama.com. I'm Jennifer Jackson and you have been listening to Simply For Women. We hope that today's show has been a blessing to you as you seek to simply live out your faith. To hear today's show again or to share it with a friend, search Simply For Women wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit Jennifer's website at jenniferjackson.com. That's jenniferjackson.com. Thanks for joining us on Simply for Women. Take time today to simply be, simply be with God.